Buenos Dias from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 20th of October, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Thursday the 13th, U.S. authorities expelled the first group of Venezuelan migrants who entered the country illegally. They were taken to Mexico. Fox News journalist Griff Jenkins shared a video on his Twitter account where several people can be seen being transferred from one van to another. The transfer took place on the international bridge between Equal Past and Piedras Negras on the southern U.S. border. This happened after the Biden administration announced on the same day the closure of the borders and shared in a statement that the only way for Venezuelans to enter the country would be through a humanitarian parole, a measure that will only allow 24,000 Venezuelans to enter the United States through its airports. The humanitarian parole process for Venezuelans started this Tuesday the 18th. And about this new measure, on Thursday the 13th, the ambassador to the United States designated by Guaido, Carlos Vecchio, said that 24,000 visas are not enough to control the enormous migration problem and asked the U.S. government to reconsider its decision. The massive wave of deportations has had a high impact on those expelled. On Thursday the 13th, journalist Cameron Hernandez was missing for three days after being deported. According to Hernandez, her phone was confiscated and she was handcuffed throughout the journey to Mexico, where she was finally released on Saturday the 15th, along with a group of women in the city of Acapulco. The journalist told her relatives that the Mexican authorities made her sign a document stating that she had 15 days to leave Mexico. On Friday the 14th, a group of married women were separated from their husbands after they were deported to Mexico while their husbands were allowed to stay in the U.S. According to the news outlet Reuters, the women were against the U.S.'s decision and concerned about how they would return to Venezuela without their husbands and children. At least three married couples were deported and a mother went to Mexico without her 20-year-old son. In more migration news, on Tuesday the 18th, the National Migration Institute of Mexico reported that at least 8,000 foreigners were stranded at the Oaxaca migration stop and that more than 80% of them were Venezuelans. Venezuelan migrants are now wandering through the southern states of Mexico. The same situation awaits the thousands who are passing through Central America on their way to Mexico. And from Mexico to Colombia on Friday the 14th, Colombian authorities arrested 19 suspected members of the Venezuelan transnational criminal organization Tren de Aragua, including a Botoga policeman. According to the police, 14 of them are Venezuelans and the rest are Colombians. The Attorney General Francisco Barbosa said that these detainees were responsible for several homicides and that they sold drugs in Botoga. Also on Friday the 14th, the United Nations Officer for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs published its latest report on Venezuela. In the document, the office highlighted cases of acute malnutrition in at least 8,000 children under the age of 5 between January and August of 2022. Although the report does not say how many children were tested, it does say that at least 344,000 people throughout the country are malnourished, the figures include children, adults, and elders. Additionally, nearly 4,600 pregnant and lactating women are underweight. 
The office said that the reason behind this might be the increase in the price of the basic food basket in Venezuela that took place between July and August of 2022 and the boulevard depreciation, which caused Venezuelan families to lose purchasing power. In other news, on Thursday the 13th, oil businessman Abraham Shera pleaded guilty to corruption after participating in a billion-dollar conspiracy. He paid bribes to officials of the oil company Petroleos de Venezuela, better known as PDVSA, in exchange for lucrative contracts to build electricity generators in the country. Shera received a significant reduction in his sentence after collaborating on the U.S. investigation into a wide corruption network in PDVSA. The judge, Gray Miller, sentenced Shara to 12 months and one day in prison, a short time if we recall that the U.S.'s maximum sentence for corruption crimes is 10 years. Speaking of the PDVSA, on Wednesday the 19th, the United States Department of Justice accused two Venezuelans and five Russians of using cryptocurrencies to illegally sell oil barrels to Russia and China. According to the press release, the defendants used military technology from U.S. companies to smuggle millions of barrels of oil and launder millions of dollars. Juan Fernando Serrano and Juan Carlos Soto made the agreements through PDVSA, which had been sanctioned by the United States, with the Russian company NDA GmbH. The defendants could face sentences of up to 30 years in a U.S. prison if convicted. Moving on, on Sunday the 16th, Conviasa Airlines inaugurated a flight that will depart from Falcón, Venezuela, to Havana, Cuba. The Minister of Transportation, Ramon Celestino Velasquez, reported that the flights will take place on Saturdays. In some news about tropical waves, on Saturday the 15th, the spokeswoman for the United Socialist Party of Venezuela, Jacqueline Faria, said that Maduro's government will rebuild at least 30 stilt houses that collapsed in September and October because of the strong waves in the Maracaibo Lake. On that note, on Tuesday the 18th, on a national broadcast, Maduro reported that tropical wave number 45 reached Venezuela the same night. The Chavista leader called on the authorities and municipalities of Santos Michelena, José Rafael Rivenga, José Félix Ribas, Bolivar, Santiago Marino, and Giradot in Aragua State to be alert due to the flooding of their rivers. Next up on Friday the 14th, an article published by the news portal La Pateja reported that inhabitants of La Tejerías and adjacent cities are presenting respiratory infections and diarrhea due to the gases produced by decomposing bodies of people who have not been found. Several national and international organizations, such as the UN and the Venezuelan government, continue to provide aid, medicine, and food to those affected, while rescuers continue to search for more missing persons. To date, 54 people were reported dead and 56 are still missing. Also on Friday the 14th, the Development Bank of Latin America announced that it will make a donation of $250,000 to the government of Nicolas Maduro to help with the reconstruction of the affected infrastructure and the emergency humanitarian aid for the population of Las Tejerías. 
The bank said that, quote, they hope to contribute to the efforts that the emergency demands, unquote, and reiterated its commitment to the well-being of the inhabitants of its shareholder countries. On Sunday the 16th, Vice President Delcy Rodriguez reported in a national broadcast that the process of reconditioning the schools affected by the heavy rains in Las Tejerias has begun. Rodriguez said that psychological support is being coordinated for the victims and that cleaning work continues. On Monday the 17th, another big landslide occurred in the Aragua state, this time in the El Castano urbanization in the Girardot municipality after the overflow of the Palmerito Creek, leaving at least three people dead and five missing. The mayor of the Girardot municipality, Rafael Morales, reported that at least 50 families were left homeless. Security and protection officials evacuated people from the affected areas in El Castano and some communities in Tormero. On the same day, during a national broadcast, Maduro asked the country's businessmen to lend their machinery to help the population of Tejerias. And to close this edition, on Tuesday the 18th, Venezuela's ombudsman, Tarek William Saeb, announced the opening of an investigation against a man who celebrated a Nazi-themed birthday at the Salvaje restaurant in Las Mercedes. The man was identified as Miguel Valdez and was charged with racial hatred. During the celebration, Valdez dressed up in military camouflage clothing, and the cake was decorated with a picture of Adolf Hitler and a swastika. And that's it for this week. We are thinking of having some special conversations, like interviews but less interviewee, about Venezuela with knowledgeable, interesting people. We're looking for volunteers, and we'll do the organizing and editing. We just need someone to hold the conversation. Are you interested? Write us at Venezuela at Rorschach.com. That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K.com. And let's explore the possibilities. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.